Hallelujah. We come before you in your presence, Lord, and we proclaim you as our king. Lord, we lift up Marie before you. This one who's battling breast cancer. We thank you, Father, that you are the king and the healer. You're the answer for all problems. You paid the price for every need, spirit, soul, and body, mind, and emotions. You are the Prince of Peace and the comfort of all comforts. You're the King who meets our every need. And we come before your throne, not in fear and trembling, because we're unworthy, but because your blood has told us to come close and to stand at your feet, to worship at your feet, and behold the glory of the only begotten. We come before you this morning to decree that this is your day. This is the day that we come to worship and praise and glorify your holy name. We come and we decree that all things are submitted under your glorious name. We submit all of our problems and circumstances, sins and temptations and weights. And we lay them at the feet of our higher and great intercessor. And we proclaim your lordship over our lives and over every area of our life. We proclaim your kingship, your rulership, that you are the God over the United States of America. That you are the God that rules over the nation supreme. That you are the God who takes the hearts of pharaohs, czars. You are the God who takes the hearts of Pharaoh and causes them to become soft as clay. Lord, we decree your kingship over our state over the future of our nation, over the future of our children and our grandchildren. We trust in you. We believe in you. That we are a people and a nation within a nation. That, Lord God, we are still a majority. That we believe in the holy written word of God and that Jesus Christ is the Son, the begotten of God. We believe in the power of the cross and we believe in an empty grave. And we proclaim your deity from everlasting to everlasting. Turn to somebody next to you. Just shake their hand. Hug their neck. Tell them I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Tell them I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I worship you. I worship you. Worship you. You don't know somebody. Tell them your name. Introduce yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. How many are thankful for the love of God this morning? The power of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Good to see each and every one of you. We welcome you today. Anybody visiting us for the first time, would you raise your hands? Anyone for the first time? We want to welcome you. Right there, my brother. Got a few right here. A family. God bless you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Back there. God bless you too, guys. Good having you all. God bless you. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Well, let's welcome our visitors. And let's thank God that they're here. Glory. We're thankful that you're here today. We bless you. You're going to be so blessed. You're going to hear the heart of the Father to you. You're going to receive a message that will go into your ears and come alive from years down into your soul. You will be blessed to the marrow of your bones with the life-giving source 
of Christ Jesus. We're already in a new year. According to the Jewish calendar, we're in a new year. And it's a year of digging new wells. It's a time of getting what you have not gotten and going into it in a new season, in a new way. The Word says that if the Lord is with you, who and what can be against you? So we bless you. And I want to share a scripture to encourage you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because I don't know about you, but we all go into moments where we may feel weak in our mind, in our bodies, in our will. I want to share this with you because we go through these times. Paul went through this, but he gives us a key. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, and I want to start with the ending of verse 5. This is the New King James Bible. It talks about not thinking our sufficiencies, not of ourselves, to think of anything as being from ourselves. But look what it goes on to say, but our sufficiency, say my sufficiency. My sufficiency is from who? Is from who? Is from God. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> who has made us sufficient. Who has made us. Say that with me. He has made me sufficient. And my sufficiency is not from myself. Not from what I know right now. But from God who knows all things. That word sufficiency in the Greek means my competence. Being fit in character, mind. It means being good enough. It means security. And it means worthiness. My worthiness is not from myself. My own goodness and my own works. My goodness is not something that I can produce like I'm going to impress God. But my goodness and the character on the inside of me is something that is not of myself but is from the Holy Spirit who comes from above and fills me with himself. And it says in 2 Corinthians 11, I want to read this to you. It says, well, let me give you this verse. Acts 23, 31, it says, Paul preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. With all confidence. And it says, and no one dared to quiet him. No one tried to stop him. Our sufficiency of is of God who is greater than all other things. Paul was saying, and I want you to see here in 2 Corinthians 11, he says there in verse 23, he says, I have worked harder, been in prison more often, been whipped time without number, faced death time and time again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Five times they whipped me 39 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day in the sea traveling. And he goes on to say all the things that he went through. He says, you want to hear? I'm going to boast in God. You want to hear? They're talking about how good they are. You want to hear what I have gone through? But Paul says in verse 28, 29, he says, who is weak? Who is weak? He says, I am not weak. Man, can you imagine if I was whipped one time, that'd be enough to say, okay, I quit. But this guy was whipped five times, 39 times. Beaten with rods and shipwrecked. Do you know what it's like if, if you've ever been to the ocean and you've drifted out too far and you're trying to get back and man, it's just hard? All night long he was hanging on to something to keep him up all night. 
the shipwrecked. You see the ships. You see the men hollering and crying out. And usually the soldiers would try to find the prisoners to slit their throats so they wouldn't get away. And all the different things. Three times he went through shipwrecks. One night, a whole night in the sea, holding on to something drifting. Five times whipped, 39 times. In prison without understanding how many stoned. And he says, am I weak? I am not weak. The more determined the devil gets to stop me, I get more determined than the devil. He said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, which means that there is a sufficiency of God which is not out of the church, but is from the head of the church who fills us all in all, the resurrected Lord and King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's saying like Paul, you've got to get more determined than hell to outlast the powers of hell that would try to rise up against you. You've got to rise up in the sufficiency and the power that fills all in all that this thing you're going through my brother and my sister that hurts and gets you right where it hurts and touches you in your most tender spot but devil if you think by touching my kids or touching my health or touching my finances if you think by touching me in any area that you're trying to come against me if you're determined to stop me and shut my voice up stop my intercession up stop my worship up devil I want you to know like Paul says who's weak who is growing intimidated by the the power of the enemy but yea I say if the Lord is for me who and what can be against me because my sufficiency the sufficiency of God that created heaven and earth fills me and causes his sufficiency to become mine to face even the worst of torments that I may be facing at this time the doctor gave you a report who is sick I am not sick I am the healed of the Lord they told you you're poor and about ready to lose something. I am not poor. He supplies all of my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My sufficiency is not of us, least we should boast. I'm not going to fix the situation. The pastor or no one else could fix the situation I am in. But I've got a shepherd who promised that when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. I will not fear your rod and your staff. It comforts me. Yay, though I'm walking through the valley of sickness and pain. Though I walk in a house that's disturbed right now. Though my peace and my sleep has been robbed from me. My sufficiency is not from myself, but from the God of all comforts who has comforted me with all comfort that I can say in the midst of the battle greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world he says the hardships make it harder and harder and the devil tried once not twice not three times but five times in just a certain area then he jumped into another area then he tried coming against me in another area and he's tried to come against me with all that hell had but something the devil doesn't have is a determination that I saw the Lord and he is high and lifted up and his glory fills the temple I don't care I, I've saw the devil and I've saw him at his worst and I've seen him at his best but I've seen the glory of the Lord that surpasses all the power of the enemy and if all the devil's trying to do is intimidate me and stop the message and the work that he has started in me and you the Lord is my confidence and though I'm walking through the most pagan land though like Paul I'm walking in the most difficult circumstances if I just continue to be more determined than hell 
then hell would be hell would be intimidated by the Lord because the Bible says that when we talk in the name of Jesus in authority and anointing, that the devils of hell tremble at the name of Jesus Christ. The Word of God says that Jesus is the name above every name. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And every time the devil comes against us and your body feels weak and your mind is out of control, you just got to remember when you feel like you don't have the words to say, it is written that the blood speaketh greater things than the blood of any man that's ever been killed before. There is a blood upon the altar of glory. There is a throne at the altar of God that speaks greater things than the devil's lying to you about. It speaks greater things than what the circumstances are lying to you about. I want you to know today that the blood calls you a born again freed saint of the most high God and that God loves his people. The shepherd loves affectionately the sheep who are called by his name and the devil has been trying to knock you down, knock you out, trying to bring you down. But I want you to know today, the blood of Jesus Christ speaketh greater things. The name of Jesus. I don't care what any man has to say. We're going to believe the report of the Lord. And we're not going down singing. We're going up shouting hallelujah. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down hallelujah Woo! come on ushers let's get ready to receive this morning's offerings and tithe because I could just preach and that's not the message but somebody needed it I needed it oh hallelujah can you give the Lord a praise come on clap your hands all you people shout under God with a voice of tribe come on come on praise him praise him Praise Him! Jake, let's praise Him! Let's praise Him! The Lord is gracious and compassionate Slow to anger and rich in love the lord is gracious and compassionate so to anger and rich in love and the lord is good to all and he has compassion on all that he has made As far as the east is from the west And that's how far He has removed our transgressions from us As far as the east is from the west And that's how far Removed our transgressions from us. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord. Praise the
God is good. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So glad you're here. Believe God has directed me in a direction I want to share with you this morning. Also want to announce, I usually don't make announcements, but uh, it's been burning in my heart for weeks. And it just, to the point I couldn't take it no more. And starting this Wednesday, God's led me to teach on the book of Romans. I'm, I thought I was, I just have not been happy inside. And I knew there was a shift coming. And he said, start the book of Romans. So, it took us 180 lessons for the book of Ephesians, and that was only six chapters, and now we have 16 chapters. But that's what Paul taught out of. And that's what the church has existed on, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's such riches there, that line upon line, a precept upon precept, will build every nerve. You know, there's a prom- they, the Hebrews say there's a promise 
for every nerve, every muscle, and every bone in your body. And God created you to respond to His Word, for it to build you up. So with that, would you please stand this morning as we do the reading of the Word? Because I believe that this message is going to do something to you. And we're going to get it up for you here in a moment. Hallelujah. Y'all just praise the Lord. Amen. I can't do nothing. My sufficiency is not of me. Hallelujah, technicians. Hallelujah. There we go. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want you, we're going to read this together. Ezekiel 34, 15 through 16. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord. It says in verse 16, I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away and bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them judgment. Hallelujah. You receive the word of the Lord today. Amen. You may be seated. This message today is going to break curses. It's going to bring freedom. It's going to bring life. I want to share some things with you. How many of you know the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins? Amen. And then the Bible talks about the multitude of his mercies. And you know, the Hebrews also have another saying. That if my, if my sins are the number of my, the hair on my head, some of you may not understand that, but anyway, if some, they say, if they, my sins are as the number of the hairs on my head, then the mercy of God is as the stars of the universe. Or the grains of the sand. That no matter how many sins I can do, there's the mercy of God that surpasses all of that. And what's awesome about the multitude of thy mercies, it's the same word used that when Jesus would see the multitude, he would be moved with compassion. And in that multitude, there would be thousands of people with every type of problem, with every type of bondage, with every type of sin, every one of them hurting. And he could look upon them. And instead of being hard and judgmental, it says the Lord would be moved by compassion and heal every one of them. And I believe that same Jesus is walking in his church right now. And I believe through this word, he is walking where you are and he knows every place where you are. And you're thinking, I want to hide because of the multitude of my transgressions. And the spirit of God is telling you, no, come to me with the multitude of your transgressions because my mercies will outnumber all the multitude of your sins. And that's the type of God we serve. Amen. He says in Ezekiel, he says, if you see verse 16, it says, I will seek. Say that with me, seek. That word seek means that he will never leave you or forsake you. If you take your notes, that word seek means divine interference. Divine interference. And I'm going to give you another scripture about that in a moment. But also it says in verse 15, those that were scattered. And write this down. The word scattered means the state of oppression and bondage. He says, I will have mercy upon those who are living in a state, in a condition of bondage and oppression and slavery, addiction. I will have mercy upon those who are living in a state that they did not choose. But I have come 
And that word seek also means to take the affectionate lead and to stand before my sheep in a heart of affection as a father. It means I will come to seek and do a divine interference affectionately, take charge of their lives. And that's what we saw that when the woman was taken, caught in the act of adultery and brought to Jesus, Jesus touched her and said, where are your accusers after he had written in the sand? And she says, I don't know. He says, I don't accuse you either. In other words, he says, I've come to seek someone just like you in your condition to set you free. And tell you, just as man cannot condemn you, I do not condemn you, go and sin no more. And that's what the Holy Spirit is talking about today. I want you to see, David prayed in Psalms 50, uh, it says in verse 15, I will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the Sovereign Lord. It says in Psalms 51, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude, somebody shout out the multitude, of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions and wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. It says in the uh, message... Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Say compassion. Say great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion and it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned and I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. It goes on to say, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. I want you to see in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. David is saying, when the word create, if you're taking notes, that word create means I need divine assistance. I need a divine intervention. What, in other words, what he's saying, if you just heal my heart, I will do what I've done before. If you just fix my heart, I'll end up falling again because I know me. But in the state that I am and the things that I have done, I don't want you to fix my heart. I want you to give me a new heart. And the Hebrews don't understand the message that John the Baptist and Christ preached when they came preaching about being born again. That word create is the word born again. In the beginning, the earth was born again. God said, and it was created. And they used the word for creator there. David is saying the way you created voidness, you created beautiful out of void and you did everything according to the power of your word that I need you, I need a divine assistance because I cannot fix me. I cannot fix this murder that's in my heart. I cannot fix this adultery that's in my heart. I cannot fix this lust that's in my heart. I cannot fix me, but according to your great power, create in me a clean heart. I need divine assistance. Listen, saying to God, there's nothing wrong asking God for divine assistance. There is nothing wrong saying... I am not and I cannot on my own overcome this thing. But if instead of fixing the broken heart that I have, if you will give me a new heart, then with the new heart created after you, I will not follow the things that I used to follow after. 
And I will teach you later on, David taught in the book of Psalms, that when you're in a place where you don't know what to do, pray. Psalms 51, Psalms 32, Psalms 38, the the chapters he did on repentance and calling out for God for mercy. Because listen, I want to tell you something. When you're fighting a battle and you're calling out to God for forgiveness and mercy, how many of you ever had the devil talk to you? And I want you to see there where he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right or loyal spirit within me. And listen, I've had the devil talk to me just like I know he's talked to you. And here is David. He didn't only kill one of his best and good faithful men, but he also killed other men with him. And he committed adultery and the baby died. All these things. And I can imagine, just like when David prayed, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I could hear the Satan just speak out and say, You? You a clean heart? You a right spirit? You're a murderer. God has already signed the death warrant for you. There is no hope for you. For you to ask God to give you a right spirit... You were taken from nothing and you forgot all that God did for you and you've thrown it all away just for a moment of satisfaction. Remember, you were the little shepherd boy that your own daddy didn't even remember existed. You were the one taken from the sheepfold and made the mighty king of Israel, the great psalmist. And the person you didn't want to become or you didn't want them writing songs about like they did of King Saul was you about look how the mighty have fallen, David. Now all of your enemies mock and all those that know you mock because now you're known as the biggest hypocrite and the biggest sinner because there you were in the temple playing your harp and singing your song of glory and praise unto God and all the time you had murder on your hands and you had adultery in your heart. Who are you to say, create in me a clean heart, oh God? Who are you to say, renew a right spirit with me when you know you don't have a right spirit? Just look at the casualties that you've caused. Oh no, David. You've forgotten all that God has done for you. And you've spat in his face and now there is no more forgiveness of sins. But I can picture like David because I've been there. Well, I can picture like David, all of a sudden David is hearing the devil bombard him while he's writing this precious psalms. And the devil's telling them these lies and I can just sense it. All of a sudden, David starts saying, wait a minute, I've confronted someone like this before. I remember, wait a minute, you want to talk about everything that I lost? I'm going to remember everything that I had. And I remember that when I stood before Saul, he was telling me I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. The Spirit of God reminded me that He delivered me from the jaw of the lion and He delivered me from the paw of the bear. And I remember something came up on the inside of me and told me, Saul, the God that delivered me from the jaw of the lion and the God that delivered me from the paw of the bear is the God that's going to deliver me from this uncircumcised devil. So I want you to know right now, devil, you may be blasphemy and talking about me and about putting down the power and the mercy of my God, but I will have you to know that the God who delivered me from the jaw of the lion and the God who delivered me from the paw the bear and the God who delivered me from that uncircumcised devil is the same God who's going to deliver me from your accusations and from your lies and from this secret sin I want you to know that God did not save me to let me die right now but I have not fulfilled everything that God has for me yet so I am not going to quit I am not going to fall down I'm not going to give up because the same God who has delivered me even though I have messed it up big time even though I have failed big time. That is my God. That is my God. He's going to deliver me yet again. 
And you are here today. You are alive. And the devil is telling you that you're no good. The devil's been telling you you're the chief of sinners. The devil's been telling you you're never going to make nothing out of your life. But you are still alive today because the devil who was with you in the sin cannot be the one to take your life because God knows your beginning and your end. And God will not allow. He will not allow. He will not allow the devil to take you before he says they're released. The God that delivered you from lying as a child is the same God who's going to deliver you from lust today. The same God who met you for disobeying your parents as a child. It's the same God who's with you right now in whatever condition you may find yourself in. He's a loving, tender, merciful, caring God. And He'll love nothing else than to lie to you and tell you there is no way you're going to have a right spirit. He delivers, and He will yet deliver again. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3. I want you to see this, saints. The Lord is slow. Somebody shout out, slow. Shout it out again, slow. The Lord is slow to get angry. But His power is great. And He never lets the guilty go unpunished. He displaces power in the whirlwind. And the storm and the billowing clouds are the dust beneath His feet. Somebody say, the Lord is slow to get angry. I want to talk to you. You know, I've been talking about repentance for four weeks. And the Lord just put on my heart, i got to talk about mercy. And I've got something for you today to understand that the, low, the Lord is slow to get angry. You might have been raised in a church where God had a stick and he was ready to hit you upside the head just like your mom and daddy was. You might have been raised in a church or a background you might think that God is so angry with you and that you'll have another chance. But I want you to know the word of God is, says that God is slow to get angry. And even at the very beginning when God had a dream with a man and a woman... And he created them in his image and he put them in a garden in a place of perfection. And they sinned and they failed. But even then, I looked it up in the Hebrew, it says that God came, even when Adam and Eve were hiding, and they disobeyed. It says God came walking in the cool of the evening. And that word cool in the evening means that God took a stroll in the garden. And according to the Hebrew scholars, he enjoyed the trees and the fruits. And he was just walking real slowly. In the cool of the evening, enjoying his garden on his way to call his son. Come on. And you know, I don't know about you and I, but I do know about me. I was raised in the old school. And if I messed up, there was a noise my daddy's belt would make coming out the loops. And I could holler, Daddy, I didn't do it. It don't matter. And my dad had these cowboy boots and he'd grab this belt and Come here, boy! And he'd come after me hollering and I'm squealing and you think he's killing a pig. And he'd have me. But daddy, daddy, move your hand or it's going to hurt worse. How many of you remember those days? Some of the younger kids don't know what that means anymore. They got 911 on their cell phones to call.
There was no taking a breath like the books teach. Take three breaths before you correct your children. Take a breath. (gasps) (laughs) You loser, you dumb kid, I done told you. Not God. What did God do? He strode in his garden. Did he say, failure, where are you? Did he say, you rebellious creation, where are you? Did he say, you outcast, where are you? I'm going to get you. It says he walked in the cool of the evening. It says he veiled his face from his wrath. And in a father's heart, he cried out, Adam, where are you? And even with all that, sin had to go punished. But God still covered his children. Our God is slow to anger. You go a few chapters later. People think God is so quick to judge, but you go a few chapters later, chapter 6 of Genesis. He says, I can't stand the creation that I've done. I'm going to destroy every, everything on earth that I've created. But he found one righteous man. And he took that one righteous man. He says, I'm going to make you take 120 years to build an ark. And for 120 years, you're going to build this huge ark. And you're going to preach redemption every day to those around you. And give everybody a chance to repent and get on board. Even though he couldn't stand what he was seeing, he took 120 days to give them a chance to accept redemption or accept punishment. Then you go a little farther. God could not take the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah anymore. I'm going to destroy it. And as God was getting the the hot hell balls ready in the universe, he says, wait a minute. Before I do this, let me take some time and let me go talk to Abraham. And God, he went to Abraham. He says, I was getting ready to destroy it, but I can't do it without talking to my friend first. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham talked to the Lord God and said, if there's 50 righteous. And God just was slow to anger, stood there and said, if there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10. Yeah. I won't destroy it. And then God sent his angels to get Lot and them out. And instead of taking them out at that moment, while the men were wanting to rape the angels, the angels blinded them for a whole night to still give them another night before the fire to come. And the next day, the angel escorted Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Then what was prepared came down and destroyed the two cities. He didn't have to use ten plagues against Egypt. For over 400 years, Egypt has treated his children as slaves and murdered them and killed the babies. But he sent ten plagues to try to move on their heart instead of just after the first, destroying them. He is slow to anger. Jesus 
crossed the sea for one demon-possessed man who had 5,000 demons. He, he came down to earth and left heaven for 33 and a half years. And that one day he crossed that sea for that one man just to set him free. There's going to be seven years. Everybody wants to talk about the end times, and I'll talk about the end times on Sunday night. There's going to be seven years of tribulation because the Lord is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, the Lord is not slow concerning His promise about His return. He is giving people a chance to repent. Our God is slow to anger. But plenteous in mercy. That's the God we love and that's the God we serve. Amen. Ezekiel. Did I already give you Nahum? One, three. But isn't it good? Ezekiel 34. As a shepherd seeks divine intervention, affectionate takeover. Out of his flock... On the day he is among his scattered, the oppressed, the afflicted sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all places where they were scattered on the cloudy and the dark day. I read to you out of Ezekiel, the first thing, I want you to write this down. Number one, it says he came to seek the lost. David was all four of these things mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 34. He was all four of them. You may be all four of them. You may be one or two of them. But no matter what, the Lord wants to deliver you today. And I want you to give the definition of what God is saying here. I've came and I will loose the lost. The word lost means this. Write this down. In the Hebrew, it means empty of all strength. I've, came, I've come to seek those who are empty of all strength. The word lost there means one who has no glimmer of hope. No glimmer of hope. It's the one who has nothing left. I have nothing left. The word lost is the word that details Samson. When he was the strongest man with the spirit and the presence of God that would come upon him, that would enable him to do anything that was ever needed. And all of a sudden he finds himself sleeping in the corner of where the mule sleeps, blinded in both eyes and his head shaved. Not a glimmer of hope, no strength, no presence. But even in that place of no hope and no strength, all of a sudden the Word of God says, his hair began to grow. The presence of God began to come back upon him. And you may be here today, you may not have a glimmer of hope for your own life or for the life of your husband or your wife or your child. You may not have a glimmer of hope that they'll be saved or they'll make the rapture. But the Word of God says right here that I've come to seek, affectionately take charge and have a divine intervention on those who do not even have a glimmer of hope. Amen? If you think that there's not anything good about you, Peter said, get away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. But yet Jesus kept chasing after him. If you are stripped of everything, that's where that word lost, he's come to seek you out. Divinity works where humanity fails. This is the definition for the word lost. If you're at your wit's end, he's here for you. David said in Psalms that his wisdom's been swallowed up. If you don't know what to do, if you tried and failed everything, that's that word lost. Tried and failed at everything, he's come for you. If every door you've tried openings closed, he's come for you. 
If you climb the highest tree in the forest and you look on the horizon, try to find a road somewhere because you're lost and there is no road, he'll find you and he'll bring you to the clear path. Hagar and Ishmael was kicked out. Here she was, a slave, had a baby for Abraham in a total agreement. She had this child, and as a little child, they got, Sarah wanted her to sent, be sent away, and they sent away, and they were walking through the desert, and, and Hagar took Ishmael and put him underneath a tree because he was crying and he was thirsty. And then she went a distance off, and she was sitting there crying, waiting for her child to die, then she to die. But it's, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came and said, I heard the cry of thy child, and I've heard your cry. And it opened her, he, the angel opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and the child and her survived. I want you to know, she had all hope, and all glimmer of hope was gone, but God God still met her at that place and brought her to where there was living water. If a doctor tells somebody that you have no hope and you don't believe there's any hope, there's a lot of people who are told you only have six months to live and they die in six months. But we know stories of people who were told they had six months to live and that was five years ago and they're still alive. Some people will just take it and they go, you got six months to live, go ahead and tell your family, be prepared. But there are those who say, okay, you told me chemo won't help. And you told me these type of pills won't help. But I heard that there's a bunch of fruits and vegetables and juices, and so I'm going to try that. And the doctor tell you, well, a lot of people tried it and died, but you don't understand, I'm not like other people. I'm stubborn. I got willpower. And you may tell me that this ain't going to heal me, and that's not going to heal me, but I really don't matter what you said. You told me everything you know, but I know somebody who's got something bigger to say than what you've got, and somebody's got more power than you have. So don't you tell me I'm going to die. I'm not going to Hickson's. I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> Loss means laying down to die with no hope. The man of the pool, Bethesda, 38 years, seeing the angel come and stir the water, and everybody else is getting in but him. 38 years. But the Lord came to him that was lost. Not a glimmer of hope. My mama got saved, my brothers got healed, my sisters got blessed, everybody's got a great marriage, and I'm on my fifth, and I don't know what I'm doing in my life. I don't have any hope that anything I'm going to do has come to pass. Jesus says, you're the man who's laying down, pick up your pallet, get up and walk. I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to cause you to walk where you've never walked before. God doesn't hear me. He's cast me out of his sight. The word of God says, is there anything too hard for God? Lost means this, broken in pieces. Sighing and groaning like the man on the side of the road that the good Samaritan went. You've been beat up, you've been broken to pieces. But praise God, here comes Jesus. See him walking on the water. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Number two, I haven't been doing this. There's number one, I will bring back that which was lost. Y'all got it? Okay, number two, I will bring back that which was driven away. The word driven way means I've driven my own self away from believing God can ever change me by my own mind and my own imagination. I've talked myself out of my own victory that Jesus promised me. I keep thinking and talking myself out that my marriage will never get healed and that my life will never change. I've been driven away by religion. I've been driven away by traditions and ideas of men. I've been told there's no forgiveness for what I've done. I've been told that I can never be uh, accepted for what I've done. I'll always have this mark upon me. But I'll tell you what, you're not Cain, you're a son of the Most High God. You're after Jesus Christ. I want you to see some scriptures here. Deuteronomy 30. 
It says in 1 through 5. Here's what will happen. While you are among the nations where God has dispersed you and the blessings and curses came in just the way I set them before you and you and your children take them seriously and come back. Somebody shout out, come back. Amen. Jeremy Camp has a song. I'm coming back. It talks about right here. And come back to God, your God. You've been, in a, you've been in a curse situation. I've placed before you blessings and curse. You took the curses because you, you wanted to live this way. You just had to go try it. You had to go do it. But God is saying, but wait a minute. Even though you've gone lived like a cursed man and a cursed woman. Even though you committed and you went against my, 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 my word and my commandments. He says, if you and your children will come back to me, your God. And obey me with all of your heart and soul. According to everything that I command you to day, God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and peek, pick up the pieces from all the places where you've been scattered. No matter, listen to the message, no matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land that your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life. He will give you a good life. Hallelujah. Oh, what did that do? Come on. Come on. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I don't know what to do now. I pressed the wrong button. Help me here. Please. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You did it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, look. Y'all got a country boy here with something in his hand. This ain't nobody TV remote. It says... Hallelujah. Oh, here's the button. It says, He will give you a good life. It says, The curses and the blessings I've set before you. If you seriously come back to God, your God, and obey Him with your whole heart and soul, according to everything that I command you today, God, your God, shout out my God. My God. Shout out my God. My God. Will restore. Say it. Restore. Come on, shout it out. Shout it out. Everything you lost, he'll have compassion on you. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces. Pick up the pieces. Pick up the pieces. Pick up the pieces from where you've been scattered. Oh God, if you ain't writing these scriptures down, you're lost. Man. Pastor, my life is in pieces. Deuteronomy 30 says he's a good puzzle maker. He knows how to pick up the pieces and put them back together again. No matter how far you scattered them. You might have scattered your soul to six different men. You might have scattered your soul to six different women. You might have scattered your soul and sold everything you had and it just got worse. He says, but if you return to me, I'll have compassion on you and I'll pick up all the pieces because I've come for that which is scattered. Ezekiel says, the fat, and I'll tell you the definition of that, it just means everybody who thinks they got it all together. The fat means those who think their life is all together and all that, a bag of potato chips and a Coke too. You just think you have it all together. God says, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to judge you. Because you see, you don't feel like you need me. But oh, you need me. You're judging the lost and the scattered. 
When you're lost because you don't have identity of who I really am. Look at 1 Kings 8. Well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I guess I didn't read it all to you. Okay. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 33 says, When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy. You see that? Defeated before an enemy. And have sinned against you. And when they turn back, somebody shout out, turn back to you. When they turn back to you and confess your name and pray and make supplication to you in this temple, verse 34, then here in heaven, forgive the sin of your people and what? Bring them back. Somebody shout it out, bring them back. Do you have some loved ones right now that needs bringing back? Raise your hand. Do you know any backsliders? Come on, bring them. You know somebody who's out of love with Jesus right now? Bring them back. Second Chronicles 30 verse 9. For if you return to the Lord, your brethren and your children will be treated with compassion by those who led them captive. So that they may come back. Somebody shout out, come back. To this land for the Lord your God, what does it say? Is gracious and merciful and will not turn his face from you if you return to him. Do you see the word of God? He will not turn his face from you. Hallelujah! He will not turn his face from you. Jesus, he will not turn his face away from you. Isaiah nineteen twenty two. The Lord will strike Egypt, then he will bring healing. For the Egyptians will turn to the Lord, and he will listen to their pleas and heal them. Hosea 12, 4 and 6. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. There at Bethel he met God face to face, and he spoke to him. The Lord of heaven armies, the Lord is his name, verse 6. So now, come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on Him. Joel chapter 12 verse 12. This is the message. Look at this. But there is also this. It's not too late. God's personal message. Someone say God's personal message. Here's a word for you. Look at this now. Come back to me. And really mean it. Come fasting and weeping and sorry for your sins. Change your life, not just your clothes. Come back to your God. And, there, and here's why. God is kind and merciful and takes a deep breath and puts up with a lot. This most patient God. Extravagant in love. Always ready to counsel. Bad things. Who knows? Maybe he'll do it now. Maybe he'll turn around and show pity. Maybe when all is said and done, there'll be blessings full and robust from your God. Oh, my God. Oh, if that don't free you right now. Oh, my God. It says he'll take a deep breath. I'll take you back. <laughs> I'll take you back. But God, I'm dirty. I'll take you back. God, I failed. I'll take you back. God, I'm not worthy. I'll take you back. You spit all you had on crack, but I've got a ring, I've got a robe, and I've got shoes ready for you. I'll take you back. It says that the father beheld the son coming from a long ways off. That means his eyes was looking in the horizon because he was so far gone. 
This is my son that was so far gone in drugs, meth, crack, and pot. This is my son who, and my daughter who was so far gone and lost and didn't even know any morals and didn't know any ways. They were waking up under a bridge. This is my child that was so lost that there was no hope. But I was looking from afar and I was just saying, I'm waiting for you just to come back. I don't care where you are right now, where you're sleeping, who you're sleeping with, what you've done. All I'm saying is come back and I'll take a deep breath and I'll restore to you everything that the enemy has taken from you. The word to take back means to lead back, to restore, to answer, to revoke. Listen to this. <laughs> it means to turn back time. And it's the same word that when the sundial turned. <laughs> you may think you've wasted all of your life. I'm telling you, you did not. You may be saying, oh, if I could just turn. Sherry sang that song with Cher, huh? If I could turn back time. Any of y'all remember Cher? God help her. But she used to sing that song, if I could turn back time. Well, I want you to know a lot of people live in that way. If I could turn back time. If I could redo. I hear people all the time. If I could just redo what I've done. If I could start over again with my life. Well, that's why Jesus came and told you, be born again. Start on over. But I was born again and I blew it. Well, hallelujah, call unto the creator of new beginnings. But that word, to bring back that which was lost and that which was broken means, I'll turn back the sundial. I'll know you as innocent as the day you were born. I'll know you from the very beginning when I created you. I'm not judging you for your today. I see you in your tomorrow where I'm going to cause you to go through my mercy and my grace. There's a lot of people living in the past. If I could just turn back time. I want you to know God knows how to turn the clock backwards to get you and then turn it forwards he's the best time traveler channel place you can go to get a new beginning in life uh. point three and y'all just gonna have to wait point three he, listen now Whoa! I will bind up that which was broken the word there that which was broken means those who have been driven away. But before they were driven away, they were broken. It says, I will bind up the divorced. I will divide up the children who were told, Daddy's leaving and he's not coming back, or we're not even told that. I will bind up the broken, those who were banded, those who were neglected. Who, those who never was told from their parents that they were loved or they were wanted. He says, I will bind up that which was broken. This word means smitten so hard that the bones or the foundation of your character, integrity, are broken. It means the one who has been judged and rejected. It means mental strain. It means emotional breakdown. It means loss of identity. It means that person which feels like they're crazy, they're mad and they live suspicious of others. This is all under the word broken. Under the word broken is the word suicidal and misery. I would take the suicidal, the miserable, the judged, the rejected, the emotional broke down, the mentally strained, those who are smitten so hard, they feel like they can never love or get back again. The divorce, the abandoned, and even those who've been beaten by the stick of religion. 
I'll come and I'll seek the scattered and I'll take the broken and I'll heal the brokenhearted. I'll seek that which was broken. I'll seek that which was lost. I'll strengthen that which is sick. The backslider that was driven away. Strong temptations led you astray. I've dishonored God and I've dishonored His name. Listen, church. I don't know who you are, what you've done. Paul said in the word about a sinner in the church. A man who was sleeping with his mother-in-law. About different ones who were living in sin. You know what Paul said? He said, restore such a one. Do you know where God, do you know where Paul got that from? You know where God, do you know where Paul got that from? You know, Paul didn't come up, restore such a one. You know where he, you know where he got that from? He got that from God. God said, restore such a one. Come here, Chris. God said, restore such a one. God said, restore such a one. No matter how broken, rejected, hurt, pained, God says, restore such a one. That Chris, I'll pass over every self-righteous turkey to get to you, the broken one. I'll pass over the one that's the biggest giver, the most gifted, and singing for the attention of man. To get to the broken one. That's the ones I'll go after. Whoever you are. Wherever you've been. There's a lot of fat Christians sitting around judging. Look at this one. Look at that one. Jesus said, I'm the great shepherd. I'll pass over those who don't need me. Because I go to the ones who need me. I come to seek the broken. They've broken in pieces. Their heart's been broken 25,000 times. They've been rejected by everything. Even the dog don't go around them. Got to tie a T-bone around their neck for the dog just to even come around. That's who I'm looking at. That's who I love. Pastor, I, I can't go to church. I got tattoos to my wrist. Well, you just look like another tree in the auditorium. Don't worry about it. <laughs> who cares about the tattoos? Who cares about the earrings? I don't even care about your past. Pastor, you got to know something about me. Hey, listen. If you're a child offender and you're working with children, I better know about you. We're going to kick your butt. But let me tell you something. If you are saved and born again and you live a clean slate and you're not a danger to no one, we accept you. We love you. Now, child offenders, you need to be held under accountability. Because we love our children. And there are laws and there are rules to abide by. But other than that, he says, I've come to heal the broken. Even the child offend. But you've got to abide by the rules. You've got to live a pure life. Paul got it from the Father. Restore such a one. Go, pro go proclaim these words to the north. North. Where's north? Y'all want to know where north is? Huh. North. Come back. Look at North. Come back to your God. Say with me. North. Come back to your God. South. Come back to your God. 
Uh-huh. East, come back to your God. West, come back to your God. Let's give the Lord praise. <laughs> he says, go proclaim these words to the north and say, return thou backslider. Saith the Lord, and I will not cause my anger to fall upon you. You may feel like you're a stubborn child today before God. He's saying, come on back to me, and I'll make you brand new. Amen? The broken one. It means broken more than once. You may be walking with a limp, but Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life, but he was blessed. Amen? Then he says, I will strengthen that which is sick. How many know he's the master physician? I will strengthen that which was sick. It means a wounded spirit. You've been wounded. Somebody that you respected told you, you're not going to heaven if you do this and you do that. We had somebody here a few weeks ago. I said something about the devil. And he talked about he went to this church for years that this lady in front of him would turn around and tell him every service, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Aren't you scared of going to hell? Aren't you scared of going to the devil? And he finally turned around and said, Lady, let me tell you something. I've been married to the devil's sister for 17 years. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not scared of anything. God help him. <laughs> but so many times, you know. <laughs> we were having intercession two Tuesdays ago. And he says, I got to tell you something. And I thought, boy, that's a great way to start an intercession. Of course, that ain't a very good way to end a service either. But anyway, I don't <laughs> All that can be wrong is going wrong. All that can be wrong is going wrong. There are people here, Brother Floyd, getting ready to go through a back operation. He was at our house yesterday talking. I've been knowing Brother Floyd. He's been hurting since 03, and he's had his neck done, and he's had other things done, and now he's going to get some work done on his back. But I remember a few years ago when Brother Floyd was saying, I just wish God would take me. I can't live like this anymore. But yesterday he was at the house, and you could see the youth renewing. He was going, this is going to fix me. This is going to fix me. You could tell that the doctor had gave him a ray of hope. And he has heard of other people going through the same surgery and doing well. And he was saying, I want to get this back surgery. Y'all pray for me. And he was just all, he was standing there just talking and talking and talking. And you could tell. Why? Because the doctor said, we've done this surgery and it's got an 80% success rate or something like that. He didn't tell me it, but some people have told me that the doctor have said it's got an 80%. Or they say, you know what? I've been trying this drug. It hasn't been working. Well, we heard about a new pill. And you see the people's face just light up. Pastor, they said they've, they're a new pill. And all of a sudden you hear somebody say, Pastor, pray. I've been on this cholesterol medicine and my cholesterol is still 240 and I don't know what to do about it. But the doctor said that there's a new pill that ought to bring it down to 150. And you see their face just light up. That's what the Word of God is doing here today about strengthening the sick. Just like the good news can encourage you from a doctor that there's a new, there's a new uh, serum or, or, or serum or a new drink, a new syrup, <laughs> there's a new honey, there's a new drink. I mean, there's something always new on the market. And isn't it something that people who, who are told that there's no hope when they want hope, they always try to find something else. Well, I tell you what, Jesus is saying, I've, got, I've given it all and I have it all for you. And I'll not let you down. I've came to heal you. Amen. 
There's something new about what's going to be happening. Before I was, Peter, David said, before, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. The fat means the strong, the prideful, the boastful, the empty. They don't need God. They don't need answers. But I want to finish with Ezekiel 34. It says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. How many know that's what we've been preaching on five weeks now? But it comes through repentance. It comes surrendering to God. I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause the wild beasts to cease. Verse 26 says, I will make them and the places around them my hill of blessing and I will cause showers of blessing to come down in their season and there shall be showers of blessings. And they shall know, if all down says, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands from their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey. And it goes on to say, but they shall dwell safely. No one shall make them afraid. Verse 30 says, this they shall know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them. And they in the house of Israel are my people, says the Lord God. Verse 31, you, you are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are my men and women and I am your God saith the Lord hallelujah I will make a covenant of peace and I will take the lost and the broken and the captive and the hurt and the driven away the sick and I will make them on my holy hill I will make a place of provision and blessing for them to live if you just return to me you just surrender to me. I ask you to stand, please. And I ask everyone to just bow their head and close their eyes. You may be here today and you may say, I'm one of those that are broken. I am one of those who have been driven away. I am one of those who have been taken captive and been under bondage. I'm one of those who were lost. I'm backslidden. My emotions are drained. My hope is all gone. All hope is lost. But I heard the word of the Lord today. From his own holy word. And he has told me to hope thou in God. So as you hear it today. As you examine your heart. And you know where your life is. If you're here today. And you've been broken so many times. That you feel like all of your bones are broken. All of your hope. All of your love, all of your peace is broken. And you need restoration. You need healing. I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. Just raise your hand right there where you are, real high. I, I won't embarrass you. Raise your hand real high. I see you. You're broken. You may feel defeated. You may be so hurt. If you're here today and you feel like you're lost, you're lost and you're not sure where you're going. I want you to raise your hand. Lord, I'm scattered. My life is scattered and shattered. My heart is shattered. My hopes are shattered. But I need, I need you to heal me and I need to hope again. Raise your hand. If you're sick, 
Not just physically, but you're sick in your emotions also, in your heart. You find it hard to forgive. You find it hard to trust. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Hands all over this place. Heavenly Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that even as you have spoken this word to Israel, a people that have failed you time and time again. Lord, we are a people who have failed you. We have not kept all your holy commands as we should. We have failed. We've missed the mark. We have sinned. We have committed iniquity and transgressions. But you said that if we would turn to you, that you would take us and you would heal us. And even from the lifestyle that has scattered us apart, separated families, separated loved ones. There are people here that your parents have told you, don't ever come to the house again. You've hurt us too bad. You're not our son or our daughter anymore. We don't claim you. We disown you. You may be here today and you've been disowned. He will never disown you. You may be here today and you've been abandoned. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're here today and you might have been hurt through so many people in so many ways. But he won't hurt you. He'll heal you. And I pray this prayer, Father, in the mercy and the tender loving kindness of your son, Jesus Christ. And I plead your blood and that your mercy come upon those that raise their hands. Some for everything mentioned. Father, glorify thyself in the lives of your sons and daughters here today. Let mercy rewrite our lives and turn back time. Renew and restore the hope and the pleasures of life. May ray of hopes come alive again in the heart and the minds of your people. May we have... The image you've given us through Christ that we are not defeated, but we are victorious in Christ Jesus. That you have given us new life through the sacrifice of Christ. Reverse the curses. Break the bondages and the bonds. Let those who are here today in a, even a suicidal state, a death wish, Wishing an accident would happen on the highway. I say that God loves you today. I pray restoration and peace to your mind. And I come against all suicidal death wishes. He said, I have come to give life and life abundantly. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Father, break the bondages and the curses of this world off of everyone in here this morning. Your word says that for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I pray for the divine intervention. For you said, I will come and seek. I will do a divine intervention. I will create what has not been created before. I will create a new heart and put a right spirit within you. And you shall be called my sons and my daughters. And I shall be called thy God. And thou shalt not live in thy shame anymore. 
and transgressions of your past. Father, see every heart. Let every heart be revealed in truth today. May we be real and transparent before your holy eyes. And may the work you start, may you complete through your grace and your sufficiency. I pray the grace which is sufficient for everyone who raised their hands for every one of those things. And just for one. May they have a life-changing experience with you today in Jesus' name. Now, Sister Christy, you're going to sing. As she gets ready to sing, if you don't know Jesus... If you don't know our loving Savior, if you've never said a prayer of salvation inviting Jesus into your heart, as she sings, we're going to invite you to come down here and meet the Master who's come here this morning to meet you and to accept you, to save you and return to you the joy of your salvation. If you're here today and you're backslidden, I want you to come up here and receive the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want you to come up here and let the Holy Spirit reclothe you and re-anoint you and re-wash you. Sanctify you. In the washing of the water of His Word and the power of His blood. I haven't got to the point, but I want to tell you something. Psalms 51, when David says, Erase my sins. In the original Hebrew, this is what David says. Just don't erase my sins. Erase the lines that my sins are written on. That it won't even look like a piece of paper that there was once something written there. It looked like a brand new white piece of paper that never been written on. There's not even lines where something once was written. I'm white as snow, white as snow. So if you're here today, I want you to come and we're going to pray. And you will be born again, Sister Christy. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, so to anger and rich in love. Yes. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, so to anger. And rich in love Yes And the Lord is good to all And He has compassion On all that He has made Listen As far as the east is from the west <laughs> That's how far Raise your hands and praise Him for that. Thank you, Jesus. If you need Jesus, come right now. Come right now. Come right now and receive Him. Come right now and receive Him. Praise the Lord, oh my 
Praise the Lord. If you need to be saved, come up here right now. But if not, I want you to raise your hands and sing this song. Let His Word wash over you right now. He has sent His Word to heal you right now. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> as far as the east is from the west, and that shall fall. God bless you. He has removed our transgressions from just came up with it. As far as the east is from the west. Anyone else today? Come. You want to receive the Lord in your heart. You need a new beginning. Right now is the time. Anyone else? Right now is the time. This message was for you. Come and receive forgiveness of sins. Receive the washing of the Lord right now, church. Cleanse me, O Lord. Cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. I renew a right spirit within me. Praise the Lord. Put your hands upon your heart. And you can pray this with me. Pray it out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and the sacrifice. Of your son Jesus upon the cross for all my sins and all my wrongs. Father, I come back today. And I thank you for receiving me, forgiving me, and washing me from all sins and all my transgressions. I believe you shed your blood to wash me, cleanse me, sanctify me, and justify me from all unrighteousness. And I believe at this very moment, I am clean, white as snow. You have forgotten and removed all my sins. I am not ashamed to be called a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God.